0: This is the Mosaic Church podcast. Mosaic Church is committed to making disciples that discover Christ, connect in Christian community, and serve others and the world. If you have your Bibles, we're, um, for the next few weeks, we're gonna be talking about the birth of Christ. And it's the time of year that I absolutely love. And I know as our, our grandkids love it, but it's so much more than just for little kids, it's for us, amen. Hey, uh, Elijah did a wonderful job uh, reading it. I'm gonna read a little bit um, so that especially in verse, let's go down to like the verse uh, seven, eight, I have it here. And there were shepherds living out on the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flock at night, An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord, and this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths, lying in a manger. As Christians and as followers of Jesus, we get a, a good grasp of what this all means. Of course, you know, as adults, it's more than gifts and it's more than toys and eggnog and cookies and milk and all that kind of stuff. Uh, it's so much more than that. It's more than commercialism and it's more than just getting in line to buy gifts, uh, the latest gift. It, there's something very powerful and impactful that I pray that all of us truly grasp and understand. So if we could break down the Christmas story, it's just gonna be broken down into three words. I shared this message back in 2018. It's the heart of the Christmas story. These three words, and I have to continually remind myself again, what is the real meaning of Christmas? Because it's so easy to get lost in the... The hurriedness of Christmas of getting the right gifts for the kids and and getting uh, you know all the decorations out and all the stuff that keeps us busy. if you've ever been to my house or you follow us on social media, I like to brag on Robin's decoration skills and so I'll post you know we have two trees and they're beautifully done and but that takes time and energy and resources and so sometimes not that we're doing that because we were very careful. You can get lost in all that and really lose the true meaning of Christmas. So if you bear with me for a few minutes, um, we just wanna talk about three words. And this is pretty straightforward. So Joseph and Mary were caught up in the national census. So that meant they had to go back home to register. And so for uh, a pregnant woman, that's a lot on her hands, she had to walk great distance, uh, but we know because we've read this story, we have experienced Jesus personally, but this was just no ordinary baby. It was a special baby, and the angels of the Lord appear to a bunch of shepherds, and this is where we get our three words. These three words are in the story, and I would like to make sure that if you've never actually bowed your knee to Jesus, uh, these three words are very important in that process. The Holy Spirit will be speaking to you and uh, your heart. And maybe there's conviction at the very end. I pray that if you've never uh, given your life over to Christ, that this would happen. But there's three really important words. And so the angels talk about this when they approach the shepherds. It's They talk about the Christ who was the Lord and was also Savior. So those are our three words, Christ, Lord, and Savior. First thing I would like to... Uh, focus on is the word Christ. Now, I hear that word a lot um, on television. It's always used in vain. It's, it's, it's almost like a curse word. And uh, my wife and I, somehow we got hooked on, we like British television, and, and boy, they say it a lot. And so uh, it's just just a slang curse word to so many people, but not to us. The word Christ is is a title. You're not just saying Jesus's last name. It's not Jesus, first name, Christ's last name. It's a title. It actually, if anything, we should be saying Jesus the Christ, because it's a title. Christ in the Greek for Messiah, which means the one who will be anointed. The whole idea of Messiah was for someone who would come and be God's person To lead his people. So when we see the word Christ, it's not his last name, it's his title. Jesus is going to lead his people. He's the anointed one over an oppressed nation. They were waiting for a leader to rise up and start a revolution, and he did, but not the kind they were thinking. He was the Messiah. And the Bible says that all throughout the Old Testament, they always looked forward to the Messiah, a Christ who would come and change the world. So it's not his last name, it's his title, the Messiah. Which brings us to our second word, Lord. And this needs to be unfolded a little bit because we know that uh, sometimes it gets lost In our vernacular, our our culture, we don't understand what Lord means. But when I I came to know Christ, I I knew him as Savior, which we're going to talk about, and Lord. Jesus is not just the Christ, he is the Lord. And I want to challenge us to know what that actually means. We know that in Exodus chapter three, God said to Moses, I am who I am. And this is who you are to say, I am who sent you. The phrase I am is considered so holy that you shouldn't say it. So the Jewish people came up with another way of writing it, not even saying it and writing it. So they wrote the letters Y-H-W-H and we pronounce it Yahweh. When we say Yahweh, we mean I am. But that also was considered by, too, uh, by many Jews too holy to be pronounced. And so there were substitute words in the current vernacular. It was like Adonai. I don't know if you ever heard that word, but I did growing up. It's the Hebrew word for Lord. And as times changed, the Greek became the language, the common language in commerce and education. And so the, the word was changed a little bit to kairos, which is Greek for Lord. So by the time Jesus' is day, kairos, or Lord, was a way to say the very name of God. So in other words, take this seriously. When the angel says, listen, this child was born, Christ, the Lord, it's, it's serious and we are to take it serious. So this is not just some baby. He is the Messiah, the Messiah, Adonai, Yahweh, God in human form came to this planet. And the last thing that I really want us to focus on, it's not gonna be a long sermon this morning. I want us to tackle the word savior. This trips up a lot of people. This is hard for people to to grasp. Because some people say, okay, they understand the word to be saved. You know, you're out in a, in, you know, at a water park and you got in a deep end and you know, there's lifeguards and they throw you a life preserver or a life ring. And you know, so we understand the word savior, uh, saved. People get rescued all the time from all kinds of situations. But here's the interesting thing we challenge in our culture and even sometimes in church culture. Matter of fact, I would would be concerned if you were sitting here this morning and you've been to church almost all your life and you've never actually thought about what it meant to be saved. One of the things I love to ask people, you know, are you saved? And he said, yes. People don't really have a hard time saying yes. Are you saved? But then when I say, well, what did he save you from? and then begins the fumbling. If you were to ask me, what did I get saved from? I could tell you, a litany of things, because I understand I was lost and I needed to be saved. But most people don't think they need saving. Most people think they, somebody else needs saving. My brother needs saving, my parents need saving, my kids need saving, my neighbors need saving, but nobody really thinks, one needs saving. To many, it's weird. So the question is: saved from what? Because too many people in our Christmas culture uh, think they lead pretty good lives compared to them. We think we're good compared to them, and uh, that's not the way it works in Scripture, according to Jesus. He's not comparing us to one another. But sometimes in our culture, we like to say, well, I'm not that bad. You know, I'm not, you know, so-and-so, and and they'll mention some horrendous person. I like to joke around. I saw this funny meme. Uh, A student asked if the teacher could grade uh, on a curve, and so it was an F in script. It was funny. (laughs) Some too many of us might think that salvation is based on a curve, and we love to think that, and we use our own mathematics to determine that somehow we're going to be okay. We need to understand that we're the ones that need saving. I'm the one that needs saving. So one of the biggest challenges if you're gonna be in your Christmas parties, work parties, uh, class parties, is that if, th- if this verse comes up and it's because we need saving, the, the, uh, the angels proclaim that this is who Jesus is coming to do to save us. Romans 3.23, all have sinned and fallen short of the lo- glory of God. And I know this is not easy in our today's world. Can you imagine if we just said, you're a sinner in need of a savior? People would get offended and it is offensive, but it's the truth. So when we talk about Christmas, you have to talk about salvation. The, uh, the shepherds did, right? With the shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flock, the angels of the Lord appeared upon them to the glory of the Lord shone around them. Do not be afraid because I bring you good news of great joy. I love that part. That will be for all people. He is Christ, the Lord, and this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby uh, a baby wrapped in cloth and lying in a manger. In the town of David, a Savior has been born. So for us, let's make sure we share the good news. That's the good news of Christmas is that we need saving. I needed saving. I needed grace and forgiveness. I needed to be restored in my relationship with God. One of the things, uh, one of our our uh, mottos we have in campus ministry, reconciling students to Christ. It's not comparing one student to another student. It's reconciling people back to Christ. And that's what Christmas is about. So when you're giving good gifts this, uh, this Christmas, don't forget to share the really awesome gift, the true story of Jesus the true story of Jesus. That's why the Bible says that that Jesus and the story is good news. That's why the angels announced it. This company of angels, thousands upon thousands, all saying glory to God in the highest on earth and peace to men. Because this is a great gift So when you are out and about in your community and the opportunity comes, share the whole story of Christmas. Even though I love that cartoon, it doesn't really unfold it. What is this all about? Now, what do we do with this awesome gift of Jesus? Well, I would say the first thing is receive it. Receive the gift of salvation. Come to know Christ. Bow your knee to Christ. So one of the best things you could do this Christmas, if you've never done it, ask the Lord to come into your life. Turn from your sinful ways. Repent and say, God, I need you. I've been rebellious, doing my own thing my own way. But today I want to bow my knee and say, thank you, Lord, come into my life. And so one of the things that's really weird when I talk to people about Jesus, they always think it's about rules and regulations. And yes, there's rules and there's regulation, but that's not what it's about. It's about a relationship. We're having a relationship, reconciling people back to God, that relationship that has been severed, relationship with Jesus, because he comes to forgive and to lead us. He's our savior now, there's another way we can respond to not only accepting him is for those of us who have done that is that we want to give back. One of the best things as parents, you know, is to give gifts. I can only imagine, uh, you know, of course, my kids are big and uh, but their kids are small and it's one of the most exciting times to see them unwrap, unwrapping their gifts. So we can give back to what the Lord has given us. So as the Lord has been giving you so many things in your life, you can give to others. You can give that gift, that Christ of salvation. You can share that. Of course, you can't force someone to receive and and take that gift, but you can share that. But one of the best things we can do is to be givers of that good news. And I believe that's the way Christmas was really meant to be celebrated, by sharing the good news with others. There's another thing we can also do is give ourselves as a gift to the Lord. I just talked to someone this morning here in our church and they were just telling me how they're just, um, they just love the Lord and they just wanna serve. They just wanna serve. And I can, as as they were sharing that, I kept thinking this is kind of like my message this morning. At the very least, the best we can do, not the very least, but the most we can do is to give back to God our lives, for his service, for his glory. So we can celebrate by sharing the good news and we can also celebrate Christmas this year by giving the Lord ourselves completely. He wants wants my life completely, He wants your life completely. Pretty soon I've been married to my wife 35 years, which is amazing to me. 35 years is a long time it doesn't seem like a long time, but to say it out loud, it seems like a long time. But the best thing we could have done in our relationship is to give myself to her and her to me. One of the things that I've had to deal with uh, counseling some people is that sometimes they feel like they're married to strangers. They, didn't, they don't really know them through, through pain or suffering, and they've held back from injury, from trauma, they haven't given themselves completely. And so one of the things I would challenge us as Christians is to trust the Lord. He is worthy of us giving him our whole lives. He's good. I haven't done it perfectly, but I've tried for these last, I've been a Christian almost 40 years now, something like that, to give my whole life to the Lord. He's been trustworthy of giving my life. At first, I was a little apprehensive. That's why when someone asked me, when did you get saved? Well, when I was 18 years old, I asked Jesus to be Savior of my life because I did not want to spend eternity in hell. So I did, I raised my hands like, yes, I don't, I don't want to go there. Uh, but I, that's just part of it. I didn't know. But it wasn't until two, two and a half, three years later that I said, I'm going to bow my knee and allow Jesus to be Lord of my life, my Messiah, my deliverer, my Savior, my true Savior. And so it was a process. And then even in the beginning, I remember just being apprehensive because I felt like the Lord was calling me into ministry, but I wasn't trusting that because I thought to myself, if I go into ministry, I'm just, it's, um, I'm going to be the, poor the rest of my life, and, uh, but little did I know what God had for me was a great gift, but I had to trust and take steps of faith. I'm going, to, I'm going to step in faith and give you my life, my whole life, not just part of my life, not my Sunday morning life, but my Monday morning life and the Tuesday morning life, and, and, it, and as I was growing in the Lord, I continued to take steps of trust And I've found him to be so trustworthy. He's never, I think one of the songs that we sing, he's never let me down. Uh, I've let him down, but he has never let me down with his love and grace and mercy and forgiveness. So this Christmas season, as we start in December, I pray that you remember those three words, that it will challenge you this morning, that those three words that will help us to understand the true meaning of Christmas. Jesus the Christ, Jesus the Lord, and Jesus our Savior. So let's close our eyes for a moment and say, uh, you're gonna say, I'm gonna ask you a question. Pastor Mario, you might be thinking, I don't know if I've ever given my whole life to Jesus. I can't think of a better time than right now. So if you just close your eyes, we like to do that if you're new to our church, it's only close your eyes to to help keep people in anonymity except for me. And uh, so that's why we ask people to do that. But if you've never given your life to Jesus, today's the day to do it. You can trust him. He's been trustworthy. I wouldn't, there was no reason for me to lie to you. When I say he's good news, he's, he's true, he's holy, he's worthy. I wouldn't say it if it wasn't true, but I can't convince you. The Holy Spirit has to convince you So if that's you, just raise your hand. I would love to pray for you. Amen. Pray for those rest of us who've already done that, that we would continue to walk in commitment to him and give him our whole lives. I remember I struggled when I was in my dating days. I didn't want to give him that part of my life. I wanted to take control of that part. And I look back, I just realized it was it was a lack of trust in his goodness. But somehow, in my arrogant, youthful way, thinking that I knew better. So this morning, if the, some of you might be saying, Pastor, can you pray for me? I need I need help in trusting to take further steps of trust with the Lord. If that's you, just raise your hand. Amen. Yes. Lord, I pray God for our brothers and sisters who who shared commitment to saying, yes, I need need to take more steps of faith and trust and giving my whole self over to you, God. Can't think of a better Christmas gift to give Jesus than to give our whole lives, every area of our lives. So Lord, I pray, God, for our church, our church people. Lord, as we go out and about in our community and at workplaces in school and and in organizations that we're all involved in, Lord, and they're going to have Christmas parties and holiday parties and all that. Lord, I pray, God, that you would give us the opportunity to share the whole good news of Jesus Christ and why you were born. Lord, as, we, as the angels proclaimed, Lord, help us to proclaim the same, the good news, glory to God in the highest and on earth and peace to men the good news of Christmas, in Jesus' name. I'm gonna ask Bryce to come on up as we finish our time um, to sing this song together. And Lord, I pray that you this morning will leave this place thinking, God, help me to be a, the bearer of good news to those around me. We want to thank you for listening. We pray that you were blessed and encouraged. If you like what you heard today, subscribe to this podcast and listen whenever you like. To find out more about Mosaic Church, please visit www.MosaicChurchTLH.com.